evidence and answers. How old is the universe and the earth? Some Christians hold to a 6,000-year-old universe, while others believe it is billions of years old. What are the various Christian views regarding the age of the universe and the age of the earth? How should we approach this debate? You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucrin. Pat is the director of the Pacific Apologetics Center and is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. The age of the earth has been debated by Christians throughout the centuries. Unfortunately, this issue has also been a source of division amongst Christians. Pat addressed this issue at this year's Hawaii Apologetics Conference. Listen now as Pat explains the three views and presents guidelines on how to address this issue. Three views of the age of the earth. Will you please welcome Dr. Patrick Zucharin. As David mentioned, I head a ministry called the Pacific Apologetics Center, designed for the strengthening of faith and challenging unbelief. It is a subsidiary ministry of the Bible Institute of Hawaii, and we encourage you to sign up for some classes. Some of the best teachers in the state teach for the Bible Institute of Hawaii, and you can invite us also to come and speak at your church or do host a class at your church as well. Also invite you, I get to host a radio show where I get to talk to some of the top Christian scholars from all over the world and interview them on some fantastic topics. There, evidenceandanswers.org, heard every Saturday at 12.30 on K-Lite, 10.40 a.m. Or you can go on the web and log on anytime at evidenceandanswers.org. And one of the things we're most excited about is it's also an international radio show heard on the number one talk show station in the Philippines, DZAS. And we got the prime time spot on the weekends there. That's some great resources for you, articles from our guests, seminars from this weekend will be airing sometime next month as well. And some of you were asking, is the first time that you had been exposed to this world of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith, providing reasons and evidence for why you believe, and some of you are asking, well, where's a great place to start? May I recommend this wonderful book, Unless I See, it'd be a great one to get you started in an overview of the defense of the Christian faith. Well, many of you may have been surprised to discover that our speakers hold two different positions on the age of the earth. Now, this debate on the age of the universe and the age of the earth is, they're not new. They have, this debate goes back centuries. The great Augustine stated that the creation could be very old, and so did Aquinas and others. Unfortunately, this issue in our time has been a source of division for the body of Christ. And there has been a lot of hostile rhetoric exchanged back and forth and unfair accusations leveled against one another, unfortunately. As Christians, we should encourage lively but gracious and cordial debate amongst one another on secondary issues like this. We should not let this issue divide believers, for the age of the earth is a secondary issue. It's non-essential. It's not one of the essentials of the Christian faith, but a secondary issue. There are differing views. This is, you know, the ability to disagree on the age of the earth, yet continue to work together as believers in Christ, and to debate this in a cordial, gracious manner is something you see modeled wonderfully 
between the speakers here at this conference. There are differing views on the age of the earth at this conference, but it does not divide us as believers in Christ, nor does it prevent us from working with one another for the cause of Christ. And as Christians, we need to be united in Christ on the essentials of our faith and work together in defeating enemies and ideas hostile to the truth of God and his word. So we must work together in dethroning atheistic Darwinism, which is presented as the only reasonable scientific theory that explains the origin and diversity of life on our public school campuses. This is the only theory that is allowed in the public education system in many of the schools. So whether you're an old earth or a young earth creationist, no matter what position you hold, Christians should not let the age of the earth debate destroy our fellowship with one another and must be united in challenging philosophical naturalisms thrown in science and presenting a good case for an intelligent designer. Now, my purpose in this seminar is to give you a brief, and let me say brief, overview of the three views of the age of the earth that the Christians have held. My hope is that you'll understand the three views and help you think through the issues and to encourage one another to lively but gracious discussions with fellow believers. Now, I won't be able to go into detail on all the views, okay? but I'm going to try to present them as fairly as possible. Hopefully, you won't know which view that I lean towards. Now, the first position is young earth creationism. Now, the definition of young earth creationism teaches that God supernaturally created the universe and life on earth in six literal 24-hour days, nearly six to 12,000 years ago. This conclusion is derived from a straightforward, literal reading of the Genesis account. The days in Genesis 1 through 2 are taken as literal 24-hour days. And using the genealogies from Genesis 5, 11, and Luke chapter 3, it's concluded that the universe began about six to 12,000 years ago. Now, the universe appears old because God created the universe in full maturity with the appearance of age. Pain and suffering and death are the results of the fall in Genesis 3. Young earth creationists believe that the surface of the earth was radically rearranged by Noah's flood, which occurred about 23 to 3,000 years before Christ. Young earth creationists believe that the global catastrophic flood was responsible for most, but not all, of the rock layers and fossils. Some of the rock layers and possibly some of the fossils were deposited before the flood, while other layers and fossils were produced after the flood by localized catastrophic events. All land animals and birds not in the ark, along with many sea creatures, perished, many of which were subsequently buried in the flood sediments. Now, in interpreting the Genesis account, young earth creationists interpret Genesis 1 through 3 literally, a straightforward literal reading of the text. 
Genesis 1 through 3 is considered a historical account, not poetry, not mythology, not allegory. The reason is that Genesis 1 through 11 has some of the same characteristics of historical work as in Genesis 12 through 50, and most of Exodus, Numbers, Joshua, 1st, 2nd Kings, and the historical books of the Old Testament, which are discernibly distinct from the characteristics of Hebrew poetry, parable, or prophecy. Also, Jesus and the apostles treat Genesis 1 through 11 as literal history. In Jesus' comments about Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah and the flood, he clearly took the events recorded in Genesis as literal history, just as did the other New Testament writers. The apostles in their works refer to Adam and Eve, the serpent, the fall, Enoch, Cain and Abel, and Noah as true historical figures and events. So the Genesis creation account is viewed as a historical narrative by the biblical authors. Now, a second argument for a young earth and young universe is that the Hebrew word for day, the word yom, in the context of Genesis 1 and 2 refers to literal 24-hour day period. The following arguments support this conclusion. First, when used with a number such as the first day, the second day, the third day, it signifies a regular day. Second, when used with the phrase, there was evening and there was morning, which elsewhere in the Old Testament is used, it signifies a literal 24-hour day. Finally, it is defined again literally in verse 14 in relation to the movement of the sun, moon, and the stars and the heavenly bodies as a literal 24-hour day. So young earth creationists believe in a relatively young earth and universe. Now, how do we explain that the universe looks and the earth looks billions of years old? Well, the explanation is given that God created all things instantly, fully mature, with apparent age. For example, Adam and Eve weren't created as little embryos or cells. They were created as fully mature adults. Plants and animals and adults were created in full maturity, ready to reproduce naturally, and the Bible says, after their kinds. Jesus' miracles also confirm this conclusion. Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine, going from grape juice to wine, that fermentation process usually takes a year or more. He did this instantly with water. His spoken word brought an immediate, instantaneous result, just as God's word did in the creation week. Fourth, the biblical argument for young earth is found in the passage of Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, which reads, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The days of the Jewish 
work week then are the same as the days of the creation week. God says he created the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them during six days as described in Genesis 1. And finally, the genealogies of Genesis 5 and 11 give us the years from Adam to Abraham. And many scholars, well, the vast majority of Old Testament scholars and historians agree Abraham lived about 2000 B.C. So you put the years together, this sets the date of creation approximately 6,000 years ago. But if there are gaps in the genealogy, which there are, push it back maybe to 10, 12,000 years ago. Now, how do young earth creationists account for the fossil record and the geological strata formations? Well, young earth creationism relies heavily on the global catastrophic flood of Noah, which is believed to be responsible for producing most, but not all, of the geological record of rock layers and fossils. In relation to Darwin's theory of evolution, young earth creationism rejects Darwin's theory as an adequate explanation for the origin and diversity of life. Genesis teaches God created life. Genesis teaches God created each creature according to its kind. Young earth creationism rejects then macroevolution. Macroevolution is that changes that occur through the natural process, creating new body parts or organs, creating a new kind of species. Young earth creationists accept microevolution. In other words, changes that occur within a species, such as different breeds of dogs, birds, and cats, and so forth. So macroevolution, no. Microevolution, yes. That's a brief overview of young earth creationism. Now, this view has several strong points. First, this is the most common reading of the text. If you take a straightforward, literal reading of the text, this appears to be the way it is to be read. It's the most common reading of the text. Second, it emphasizes the literal reading of Genesis and God's active hand and sovereignty over all of creation, and it emphasizes that. Third, it explains pain and suffering and death and when they entered into creation. Fourth, global catastrophism, the flood, does explain some anomalies in the fossil and geological records. Now, there are some weaknesses of this view, okay? some challenges. Even our speaker, Paul Nelson, you know, will share with you some of you know, the weaknesses. Each view has strengths. Each view has some challenges. Well, first, there's a difficulty in placing the fall of Satan. When Adam and Eve are in the garden, Satan's already there. Then you've got to figure out when did Satan fall. It'd be awfully short to say, well, Satan was created somewhere in those six days, and he fell within those six-day period, so that when Adam and Eve are in the garden, he's already there. Or you're going to have to come up with some other scenario. If the days are literal, and there are no gaps in the genealogy, and the universe is 6,000 years old, there, there's a difficulty in figuring out when Satan and the angels fell and when that took place. 
Second, we have the issue of the sixth day, which I'll explain later on. But the events of the sixth day appear to be longer than 24 hours. And somehow you're going to have to explain that one, how all that could have happened in, in pretty much the daylight hours, so 12-hour period. Third, flood catastrophism does not explain all the evidence of an old earth in the geological record. There are some difficulties there. For example, the glacier layers in Greenland and, and other geological features. There are some challenges there. And finally, the scientific evidence with the assumption that the laws of nature have remained constant or close to the laws that we have now favors an old universe and old earth. Features such as the expansion rate of the universe, light from the stars millions of light years away, and supernovas which occurred millions of years ago we are now seeing. So those are some issues that young earth creationists, some challenges for young earth creationism to explain. Now the second position is theistic evolution. Theistic evolution is the belief that God used the process of evolution to create living things, including humans. Now, according to this view, the Bible is not a reliable source of scientific knowledge about the origin of the earth and the universe, including living things, because it was never intended to teach us about science. The Bible is a reliable source of knowledge about God and spiritual things. Scientific evidence is irrelevant to the Bible. It is simply not a science textbook. The creation story in Genesis 1 is a confession of faith in the true creator intended to refute the worldviews of pantheism and polytheism, not to tell us in a scientific way of how God actually created the universe and the world. In other words, the Bible tells us that God created, not exactly how he created. Now, most theistic evolutionists, and I'm talking in a very general way now, there's several different types of theistic evolutionists, so I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here, all right? Most theistic evolutionists interpret the Genesis creation account allegorically. The Genesis account is a pre-scientific account, and therefore it's not to be analyzed scientifically through modern lenses. The Genesis account comes from the perspective of an ancient worldview of the people and the culture of that era. The Genesis account was intended to refute the worldviews of pantheism and polytheism, which the ancient cultures at this time held to. So the intent was not to tell us how God created the world, but that he did and that he is ruler over all creation and all other, quote, gods are false. Now, according to most theistic evolutionists, the genetic evidence shows that humans descended from a group of several thousand individuals who lived about 150,000 years ago. And there's some biblical evidence for this, because Cain, after killing Abel, 
was afraid that others would come and kill him. This shows that there seemed to be a population on the earth during Cain's lifetime who was Adam's very first son. Now here are some of the options taken. How do we explain that population then? And how do we explain Adam and Eve? Well, option one is to view Adam and Eve as a historical pair living among many 10,000 years ago, and this pair was chosen specially by God to represent the rest of humanity before God. Another popular option is to view Genesis 2 through 4 as an allegory in which Adam and Eve symbolize the large group of ancestors who lived about 150,000 years ago. Now, in relationship to Darwin's theory of evolution, theistic evolutionists generally accept evolution, Darwinian evolutionary theory or modified forms of it, as valid explanations for the origin and diversity of life. Once again, remember, there are several different types of theistic evolutionists. So, once again, I'm painting with a very broad brush here, okay? Proponents believe that God created the universe and set the natural laws in place that would allow for the evolution of life through the natural process. Thus, theistic evolution accepts the possibility then of macroevolution, which is changes that occur through the natural process creating new body parts or organs and creating a new species and Macroevolution, change within a species. That's a brief overview of theistic evolution. I would say that most of the students that go to a public university, if they have a professor who's a theist, the majority of them would be theistic evolutionists. Okay? Now, there's some strengths to this position. Evolution is widely accepted in the scientific world, so there will be few conflicts with the scientific community. It has few problems with the scientific evidence of an old earth and old universe. Theistic evolution acknowledges God's role in all the universe through creating the natural laws and putting them in place. And finally, we indeed must be cautious not to read the text too much through modern scientific lenses, but also account for the fact that it was indeed written in the culture addressing their belief and worldview as well. Now, there are some weaknesses to this view. First, it reduces the Genesis creation account to myth or allegory. And the Genesis account does not appear to be allegorical, poetic, or mythical type of literature. It appears to be historical. And Jesus and the apostles in their teachings take these accounts literally and historically. They build their case on marriage built on Adam and Eve. Another good example is Romans chapter 5. And Paul is talking about redemption. How sin entered through one man, Adam, and we are redeemed through one man, the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Second, 
the Darwinian evolutionary system seems to go against God's nature. God taught, blessed are the meek. He taught about sacrificial love, sacrificing for the weak and the helpless of society. In contrast, the Darwinian system seems to be more of a cruel system which promotes survival of the fittest and elimination of the weaker. It looks more like a fallen system rather than a system that God would ordain to reflect his nature. And third, it is often scientifically indistinguishable from naturalism and deism. There are some conferences that I have been to where you have the intelligent design and creation camp, and in there are the theistic evolutionists. And then you have the philosophical naturalist or the atheist, and you'll also find the theistic evolutionists on that side debating against the creationist. So sometimes it's, it's hard to tell. Now, the third view is old earth creationism or progressive creationism. This concludes part one of Pat's message, Three Christian Views on the Age of the Earth, given at this year's Hawaii Apologetics Conference. Our theme this year was Christianity and Science enemies or allies and featured speakers included dr fazal rana and dr paul nelson if you would like to hear this seminar along with the rest of the seminars from this year's conference log on at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen and purchase all of the session from pat and his guests pat is the director of the pacific apologetic center a subsidiary ministry of the bible institute of hawaii Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers Radio Show is a ministry of the Pacific Apologetic Center and is brought to you by our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with an alternative investment solutions for more than 20 years. To learn more, please visit www.hcmlp.com. Join us again next week as Pat presents part two of this message entitled, Three Christian Views on the Age of the Earth. Join us right here next week or on the web for more evidence and answers. Oh,